Hello everyone, welcome to my another video. So I was thinking about what to do and people seem to like these like top sevens of basically anything or like top tens, it doesn't really matter. Today it's gonna be top seven and it's going to be top seven cards that I like the most in history of magic. So, you know, from the beginning until now, um, cards that I like the most is possible and I'm forgetting something, doesn't really uh, matter. Also, one thing to point out is that, you know, when you like something in Magic, you generally like 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 it at multiple cards. So, um, you know, for example, my list has like, has like zero red cards. I'm not really a red player. I was considering to put Lightning Bolt in just because, you know, who doesn't like Lightning Bolt? But in the end, it's not on the list. So let's get into it. Uh, coming up at number seven, this will surprise a lot of people who don't really know me, uh, is gold. I don't... I'm not sure how to pronounce it correctly. Gold Meadow or Gold Meadow Stalwart. It's the it's the one one two two Kitkin, and you know you might you might on, on like Twitter or, or or whatever you might see like Petr Kikach. Um, Kikach is a way how to say Kitkin in Czech, and you know most most of my Magic friends in Czech Republic actually call me like Kitkin, Kiki, Kikach, uh, something like that. And that's because when I was a kid, I always played Kitkins. You know, I couldn't really afford to. Uh, have like a five color control even though you know as I was getting older I became friends with a bunch of people and I like you know borrowed like a fairies deck or like a control deck here and here here and there but I was playing Kitkins for the most part and I was actually winning with it quite a bit as well I was playing it for like two years straight and even though I wasn't a really a good player back then um, I kinda you know I, I was playing a lot with it so I, I obviously learned the patterns and stuff and for some reason, the, the, this the, this one mana guy just like I, I I liked it the most out of the out of the Kitkins in the deck. Funnily enough, the, the most powerful card in the deck was probably Spectral Procession, which actually didn't make Kitkins, but the deck was still called Kitkins. Uh, and yeah, I, I think the reason why I like the the one drop the most is that it actually resembles me the most. Like I looked like that guy quite a bit. Like my face is kind of round, and you know I was kind of fat, small. Kid just playing Kitkins, so I, I just thought that, you know, there cannot really be a list uh, where I wouldn't mention at least one Kitkins, so here it is. So coming up at number 6 is Silvergill Adept. Um, right after I uh, stopped playing with Kitkins, I kind of became the, the Merfolk guy. Someone even called me the Merfolk Master. I actually even top, eight, uh, top 16, my first Pro Tour that I ever played uh, with Merfolk. And, you know, Silvergill Adept is by far the strongest card in the deck. Maybe Eaterwild is better. But from the creatures, Silver Goddip is the best. It draws you into more cards. You can draw into like a 5-4 uh, guy and it's just a glue of the deck. You just want to draw as many as possible. Obviously, if you play like a matchup where you just want to kill them the fastest, you, you, maybe you play against like a combo deck or something, maybe drawing more lords is better. Um, but yeah, actually, actually when I play the Merfolk, deck um you know in the beginning uh, most people just play several get out of on turn two in most cases but as i was like mastering the deck and playing it more and more a lot of the times it's actually better to play the lord first which uh, i will explain uh so you have a mutable in your deck so like the problem with playing silver Gale adept first is that sometimes you cannot double spell on turn four because you just have a mutable in play and you have like two lords that are both blue blue so in those cases, it's often better to to just play, uh, play the Lord turn, turn turn two, so that turn four you can go both Silver Gold Adept and Lord, and that's like not really intuitive. 
In some cases, it was even better to, to do that, like, every time, even if you didn't have the Mutavolt in your hand, um, you can draw into it, and the fact that you can draw into it and you can double spell was, like, sometimes more important, because, uh, you know, that's just how the, how the matchup played out. And that's, like, something that's not intuitive at all, so I just wanted to mention it. And yeah, it's just like a blue small creature that draws draws you a card. Uh, it's just great. It's like it's what I like in Magic. I just la love these like small creature deck that kind of outgrind your opponent. Like you you can be both aggressive. You can like board encounters and stuff, but you can also like outgrind your 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 opponents like jump and stuff. So I really like uh, that style of Magic. So coming up at number five is uh, you know another Murfol card. It's not specifically a Murfol card. I already mentioned it. It's Eater Wild. It's the, it's the strongest card in the Murfol deck. Obviously you don't want to draw like three of them or whatever. But I just like love it. There's just so many things you can do with it. Uh, it's super. I don't I don't think there's like any other card in Magic that does like a similar thing and it just it creates this like different kind of a game where you can like play your creatures at any point. Uh, you can activate the while to maybe, you know, force like a response from your opponent even if you don't have anything. Um, you can play stuff on upkeep. Uh, you can do like the trick that, you know, on, 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 on upkeep you put a trigger on the stack and you put a creature into play and then you put another counter on it and stuff like that. It, the card just has a lot of play to it and I just think it's awesome and it, it has won me a lot of matches so I definitely wanted to include it. So coming up at number four is uh, a card that actually made me into Platinum, I think. Uh, I made a video the other day where I was talking about the best decks that I ever played and I like mentioned the small Jace and even though that guy was definitely a big part of my success, uh, I think the actual reason was Big uh, True Time. Um, you know, Wizards probably made a huge mistake uh, with, with, with a set where Delph was introduced. Both Treasure Cruise and Dig True Time were insane. I think they're, they both, I, I think it actually wasn't both immediately, like tre Treasure Cruise was kind of obvious, like one blue draw three, just kind of wrapped the modern and legacy format immediately, but it took some time for people to realize that Dick is too good as well, and I like remember playing standard throughout that year, um, and I was just able to have like, like Fetchlands and Dick through Time and Jace in my deck in standard, and actually not, not even that many people were playing these kind of decks, so I, like, I think I played pretty well, like I played infinite with that deck, but I just think I had a huge deck advantage as well. Like if you build your deck correctly, you can you can just kind of play the game that you just like trade one for one and then eventually you dig through time them. And if you if you if you if you build your deck correctly, you, you usually you know have the right answers for whatever your opponent is presenting, especially after sideboard. And it's just really hard to beat. Uh, and yeah, I just I just love Dictor Time. I even won a GP with it. Uh, you know, Crixis Control. Dictor Time was the centerpiece of the deck. I, I I think it's crazy looking back that you know some people even played like only like maybe three or two Dictor Time in their decks. I think looking back, it's kind of obvious that that was a clear mistake. But sometimes it's just not obvious immediately that certain cards are broken. So uh, coming up at number three um, is Remand. I love Remand. It kind of does what I love to do in Magic. It's like not overpowered, it has a lot of play to it, like, you know, you play a spell, they cryptic command it, you can remand your own uh, spell. Not only they don't draw a card, but you get your thing back and you draw a card yourself, so you two for one them. 
It was also good in the Merfolk deck because, uh, you know, you, you didn't really want to play counters because sometimes then you just, you just kind of flood it out and you just had like a 2-2 in play. But Remind kind of lets you interact with like some, some, some of the combo decks like Ad Nauseum and stuff. But at the same time, even in like the more grindier matchups or whatever, it like draw you, drew you into a card. Uh, so you just hit like more guys that uh, was really good because you know all of your creatures got better with other additional creatures. It also works really well with Eaterwild. And I even like when I was living in Japan, I played these like modern tournaments and I played Riemann in like my band Stoneforge Mystic deck. Uh, and yeah, I just I just really like the card. I, I I'm trying to play it anytime I can, but sometimes it's just not really that good enough. But uh, you know, maybe in cube or something. Just a very sweet card with a lot of play to it, and I love the art as well. Also, I mentioned the Stoneforge Mystic. I, I maybe I should have included it. I love that card as well. I kind of forget about it when I was making the list. Um, but I like Stoneforge Mystic as well. It, you know, as I was saying before, with like Solvergal Adept and stuff, um, Stoneforge Mystic kind of does the same thing. Just like it really. Powerful cheap card that you know gives you advantage. All of these creatures like Rogue Refiner, Stoneforge Mystic, the uh, Ice Fang Clotl or whatever. I just love all of these cards. It's just like you know, it lets you be proactive. But but you know, I I'm I'm not really like the usual aggro guy. Like I'm not really like the guy who just tries to kill your opponent the fastest and stuff like that. I like to be proactive, but in a way where I can also grind really well and just like change my game plan depending on the position and my you know, opponent's deck, uh, and these decks actually tend to be extremely good post-board because, you know, uh, you just get to bring in like counter spells against combo decks, like removal spells against aggressive decks and stuff like that, but then you still have these like cheap card advantage cards, and that's just like really hard to beat. Like post-board, your, your deck is just set up where you have the right answers for whatever your opponent is doing, but you also have threats or like cards in general that gener generate card advantage, and you know, if your deck is set up well, your opponent is almost always disadvantaged unless they're like doing something that you know you don't really you're not really prepared for and you don't have the right answers. So coming up at number two is a card that's very similar to Remand. It's Venser Shaper Savant. I'm not sure if I said it right. Unfortunately, I don't get to play with it that often because it's just not that powerful. But I love the card. So anytime I play like a Highlander or Cube, um, you know, I even even in Cube, there is often a card that is objectively a lot better than Venser. But I just don't get to play with that card that, that often, so I almost always take it, uh, given the, the opportunity. Obviously, there is like a Lotus. I'll take a Lotus, but uh, yeah, I just I just love Venser for the sim for, for similar reasons, uh, like Remand. It just has a lot of play to it. You can bounce your own guys. You you know to two for one them. It can carry your sword. It, it can like you can play like the tempo game with it. So it's not really a card advantage card, but it kind of is similar to, to Remand, and I just love that dynamic that, you know, the card creates. Coming up at number one, uh, you, know, you know, most of the cards that I mentioned here are blue, but actually the card that I like the most is Noble Hierarch. Um, green is my second favorite color. Uh, obviously, blue-green is my favorite combination, but my favorite combination overall is actually Bant. And you know, I can play Bant nowadays, it's usually only in a modern, I love to do it, and when you look at the band decks in Modern, most people play like the more controlling version without Noble, but uh, I, I do play Noble in that band deck, and I actually think it's really good. I don't really understand why people don't play it in that deck. I, I mean, I didn't play enough with the deck to know which one is better, but I just like, anytime you play it on turn 1, it's just so powerful, and even later in the game, you can do a lot of damage and stuff like that. Uh, 
And I just really like it for, for the similar reasons that I explained before. It just kind of plays to my style of these like small creatures that also have like a power. So it's not like they go removal, removal and you lose. It's more like, you know, you're proactive. If they don't have the answer, they're kind of screwed. But if, if they do, it's fine. The game continues. You're more than uh, prepared to, to fight. Uh, and yeah, Noble, Noble is just great. And I love the art. I just like everything about it. It's just so cool. Uh, interestingly enough, they, they, they in the in the new set Modern Horizons, I think it's two or something, they printed uh, like a new noble hierarchy, but instead of white and blue, it adds red and uh, black. But I don't like that guy as much. First of all, I don't like the art at all. Second of all, it just goes into a color pair that I don't like as much, and I actually think it's worse because of that. Like, red and black is. Usually like, you know, removal spells, discard spells and stuff and th these don't really match match up with ramping as much. Like I'm sure that people are going to try to play it. You can even play it in like a different three color combination or two color deck. It's still a powerful card. But, uh, you know, just because of the co colors that it gives you, I think it's slightly worse. Like, Totsi just doesn't really go well with, 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 with give, giving yourself extra mana, like, right? You just like trade one for one. And then you have all this mana, uh, like what are you gonna do with it? Like, it, it, you know, these kind of decks usually tend to flood pretty badly. So, you know, you know, just, just having like mana guys with, with one for one cards isn't usually a recipe for, for, uh, for winning. But maybe I'm wrong, maybe the card's gonna be great. Um, we'll have to see. I'm sure people are gonna try it in like uh, Modern Jant. I don't, I don't really think it's a Detroit Chaman. Yeah, like good thing about Detroit Chaman was that obviously on turn one, ramping is great. Like, you know, you, you can play your Lilian on turn two or like Bloodbraid Elf sooner. That's great, but later in the game, Detroit Chaman was still powerful. But it's not really the case for this guy. It still has Exalted, but it, like, it, that's still, I don't think that's still enough for that deck uh, to, want it, to want to play it. But I guess we will have to find out. That will be all for today. If you liked the video, please click on the like and subscribe button. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.